What is going on, guys? This is the second episode of the Fistful of Cast podcast. I am your host, Dale Lippin, and we are here to talk all things sports betting for the weekend of August 10th, 2018. As I'm sure you're all aware by now, we are running the show for the most part uh, pretty much off the cuff. And in doing that, keeping the spirit of that, we are bringing in the most special of special guests, the co-host of all co-hosts. The guy that should have been here since day one, but he's a little bit busy. But now he's here for day two. The one, the only, Soup. How you doing, brother? Good, man. I'm happy to be here. Glad I finally got to make it. Uh, a little busy last weekend, but uh, I'm here and I'm ready to get started. All right. Well, well, let's let's touch back real quick. Uh, you know, I was going to bring it up later on the show, but we're going to bring it up now. We're going to be doing a second podcast throughout the week on Tuesday. It's called the Tuesday Touchback where we're going to go back, review what we, hit, what we hit on, what we missed, what we should have played. And, you know, basically it's going to be a little bit more of a free-form uh, style podcast. We're not really going to go up over so many wagers per se, but uh, we definitely are going to touch back on things that we, we hit and we miss on. That being said, uh, you know, you weren't here for UFC 227, and, you know, you and I spoke going into that, and, you know, we sort of collaborated on some of those picks. How do you feel about UFC 227? I think it turned out pretty well for us. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the the Cub Swanson pick, we both agreed on that. You know, it, you're able to miss one of those when uh, when you can definitely uh, pick the new champ. And uh, Sahedu definitely came out. You know, we were believers from the, uh, from the get-go, and uh, he proved us right. He, he dominated Mighty Mouse the entire fight. Yeah, there was a lot of people that thought that that was that decision was pretty questionable. And, you know, maybe, you know, I, the press conferences after the fact, you know, Mighty Mouse said that he believes that judges don't know how to score leg kicks and things like that. Um, and, you know, I would agree with that. Looking back at the Ben Henderson, Donald Cerrone fight way back when, you know, I think Henderson landed like 100 some odd leg kicks and they still gave it to Cerrone. I get that. But I don't think that that split decision win was as contentious as people said. Um, we were both pretty confident that Cejudo was going to win that from the jump. And I think he went out there and executed the game plan that was necessary to beat Mighty Mouse. And he did it pretty flawlessly. And, you know, we were on the phone when the decision was announced. And I, you know, it really wasn't in question on our end. Um, and I think that was a good call from the jump. And I'm glad I'm glad we jumped on that one. we did. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, at the beginning of the fifth round, I mean, we were talking through text message and I texted you and I said, Mighty Mouse has to put him to sleep here. There's no other option there. There's no way this goes to decision. It's a wrap. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, and the audience is going to get used to this as, as the format continues to unfold and, and we move further into sports season and stuff like that. But one of the reasons, you know, more so than anything else, why I felt that you and I would have a good opportunity here when it came to helping people make the appropriate wagers and, and really get them with money in their pockets and in hand is your ability when it comes to football. And, I realize that, you know, the PGA Championship is this weekend and, you know, some people are going to be pining for picks for that. But, you know, you and I both agreed off air that it's just it's too early in the game and the way that they release matchups. It's just too early um, it, to really throw uh, anything out there that you and I both feel confident in, in saying, hey, go out there and put some money on it. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's going into the Friday of the PGA Championship. It's so hard to pick a winner. You can base everybody's, you know, everybody's potential off the opening round, but a guy like Woodland's out there leading at a minus six, and it, you know, in my opinion, I don't see him finishing in a top fifteen. So they they can put the odds out all they want. But what matters is the bet you make going into Sunday. Right. I, I would agree with that. Um, you know, it, it, depending on how you feel, I, I would put it more along the lines of if you're going to bet and you want to bet golf this weekend, just go with your favorite golfer. You know, make it fun. Root for your guy and just put some money on it. Try to make it as as much fun as you can. I don't feel confident attaching my name to any specific player saying, you know, let's try to make some money with this guy. It's just, it's too early. I agree 100%. Yeah, it's it's not the days of Tiger and Phil and VJ anymore. It, you don't true. have three golfers to pick from. That's true. That's you true. Know what I mean? Although, you've got Justin Thomas, you've got VJ, you've got Fowler, you've got McElroy, you've got Spieth, you've got Pat Perez, who's been in contention every single major this year. Um, you've got Patrick Reed. I mean, the, the guy finally broke through. He proved he's the best putter on tour, and he finally put his driving and his short game together, and it all panned out at the Masters. And it's, it's, it's so hard to pick. I mean, look at the round, you know, the four rounds that Webb Simpson put together at the U.S. Open. That's true. Or, I'm That's sorry, true. not the U.S. Open. Um, Brooks Kepka won the U.S. Yeah. Open. Yeah. Um, oh, right. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I will, I will say this, that, you know um, – the, the big thing with that, you know, and I'll, we'll get off golf here in a second. Did you see the video of uh, of, of, of Patrick Reed shooing that guy away because he had change in his pocket and it was jingling? Yes. <laughs> well, yes. Everything that I've read and in, in, in some interviews that I've said that this is going to be the loudest championship um, that, you know, that, that they can remember. So if, if Patrick Reed is going to struggle with some jingling change in a pocket, I don't think that the volume level that's going to exist uh, this weekend is going to play in his favor. So maybe if I, if you really want to go out there uh, and, and maybe not for a, a bet on, but bet against, you know, if you <laughs> the field against Patrick Reed, I don't, I don't think Pat's getting it done. Um, but to, to transition into your bread and butter, your wheelhouse, you know, where, where we feel that, you know, we can really do the most good for the most amount of people. If it's all right with you, I'd like to transition into some football futures. I know it's preseason. Absolutely. Uh, but I think football futures, uh, you know, while the getting is good before too much happens and too much footage gets out there, there's a good opportunity for some people to make some money. So if you're cool with it, I want to pick your brain on some football futures. Oh, I'm ready. Okay. All right, cool. Well, let's start out. You, you want to do uh, NFL or uh, college? What do you What do you What are you feeling first? Uh, we'll start with college since it kicks off first. Okay, awesome. All right. Well, let's. So you and I were talking offline, and you know, I, I I'm looking at my notes here, and it, it I have here that you like Nebraska at under six and a half wins. Yeah, I I think this is my money bet this year. Um, I've looked through you know every major conference and their over under season totals. And I don't see anything that's more sure than this, in my opinion. So their schedule, you know, they've got their, uh, they've got Michigan, Purdue, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan State, Iowa, 
in Minnesota. Oh, it's a murderer's row. Yeah, so you've got, you've got seven tough teams. Now, your other five, you're looking at Northwestern, Illinois, Akron, Colorado, and Troy. Still no sleep. Say they win yeah. those five games. Say right. they go out and they get the Northwestern, Illinois, Akron, Colorado, and Troy. That's five. You're telling me they're going to beat two other out of the Michigan, Purdue, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan State, Iowa, and Minnesota. I don't see it happening. You know, you can even say that, oh, they can beat Minnesota. Minnesota came into Nebraska last year and waxed them 41 to 14. Right. Right. Minnesota's no joke. And I get Nebraska has the Scott Frost hire coming from UCF. It's a big hire. I think it's going to be great for the program, but not this year. I don't see them winning more than six and or six games. What I about, just don't see it happening. What about the rumblings with you know the, the Scott Frost hire about you know players failing to really adapt to the culture that he's bringing? I mean, you know, how how big of a how how big of a impact do you think that'll play? Oh, it's tough. He, he's he's a strong personality. It's you know it's like guys coming in and playing for a Bill Belichick or a John Harbaugh. It's tough. You know, if you've never played for a guy like that before, you have to adjust. And I, I think it might, I think it mentally might, uh, might disrupt a bunch of guys. It, it's it's going to be hard. But Scott Frost has proven that his system works and his way of life, you know, it, it's productive. UCF, I mean, they've been, they've been incredible for the past, you know, six, seven years, ever since Blake Bortles. When he brought in Blake Bortles out of Oviedo, Florida, it, you know, it turned UCF around, and I can see him doing it with Nebraska. Just this year, I think they have too tough of a schedule. Yeah, it's going to take time for the guys to buy into the system and really commit themselves to it. I, I think that you're right on the money here uh, with Nebraska under six. So, uh, you know, it's it's probably no uh, no surprise to people that listen to you and I talk long enough that that we are northeastern guys. We sound like northeastern guys. That being said, you know, sitting in the city of Pittsburgh, looking over the mountains, we see West Virginia. And I'm going to tell you, West Virginia to win the Big 12 seems like a lock to me. How do you feel about that? Oh, I, I love it at a plus 650. Um, yes, you know, there's still Oklahoma. There's still Oklahoma State and Texas. Everybody's on Texas this year. But West Virginia's offense with Will Greer behind center and David Sills Two, you know, of your top 10 Heisman favorites, a wide receiver in David Sills, who's a Heisman favorite, top 10. That's pretty impressive to me. Yeah. Yes, you can argue that they don't have a defense, but name a team in the Big 12 that does have a defense. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's a valid they don't, point. They don't play defense in the Big 12. You put up points. Right. And that's, that's what Will Greer does. Ever since he left Florida on his steroid uh, little debacle he had, He's come to West Virginia, and he's done nothing but throw touchdowns. And West Virginia could have made some serious noise if Will Greer wouldn't have uh, broke his throwing hand last year off the helmet of his own offensive lineman. Right, yeah, that was was, rough. That was heartbreaking for sure. Yeah, he's a talented quarterback. They've got the wide receivers. Um, They've they've got a talented running back by committee. I could see it at a plus 650. It's hard to pass on. Well, I know you mentioned, uh, you know, I want to switch over to something a little bit more fun here. You mentioned Sills as a Heisman. Uh, you know, hopeful. Who else do you like for Heisman? Uh, so the guy that sticks out to me, um, when it comes to a Heisman bet, you can pick the favorite. You know, you can pick, like last year, you could pick Saquon Barkley at the beginning of the year. 
But when it comes to the running backs, all it takes is one bad game and they fall out. That's true. A guy that I really like this upcoming year, uh, Dwayne Haskins, Ohio State's quarterback. Okay. I got, I, I'm getting him at 20 to 1. Um, you know, he came in last year as a freshman um, in relief. You know, he played a little bit in the Akron game, uh, 250 yards, two touchdowns. But that's Akron. You know, Ohio State's expected to stomp Akron. Right. When he came in in that Michigan game in week 13 and led them back to that win, that's when Dwayne Haskins really stuck out to me. You know, you look at his stats, the kid threw 71% completion percentage. That's unbelievable. <laughs> that lights out. You're absolutely right. 71%, 550 yards, and four touchdowns. You know, it might be, you know, he, he didn't play an entire full game. He came in in spots. But if you can come off the bench ice cold and not be in a rhythm and hit 71%, that speaks volumes to me. Right. Well, let me ask you this. So, how, how do you feel like the, the, the Urban Meyer, you know, this, this whole saga that's taking place right now? I mean, do you think that that's going to have some effect on his production numbers? Because if, if it's me, that screams – Maybe maybe we should avoid this because I, I'm my concern is that you know as a player players come in and they buy into a system they buy into the coach and the coach is involved in making them believe, uh, you know that everything's going to be all right and that, that when the when the you know the the, the chips are all down that, that we're going to be able to to pick ourselves up and and really go go at it here. Do you think that he can put that kind of season together knowing all the extra stuff that's going on in Ohio right now? And I think that has a lot to do with why he's 20 to one. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I think, you know, I think if there's no Urban Meyer drama and there's no domestic violence case going on with Ohio State's wide receiver coach, blah, blah, blah. I think if that's not going on, I think you see Dwayne Haskins a lot higher on a lot of guys' boards for the Heisman race. Okay. And that's why I like him at 20 to one because the kid, you know, he's got the talent. It's there. He's shown it. He's playing for his career. Right. What's going on with Urban Meyer, that's, you know, that's a shame. You know, he's a legend in college football. He's, you know, arguably the best recruiter ever. You know, he's done it at so many schools. But Ohio State's a big enough program. You know, they're they're arguably the biggest program outside of Alabama. I would agree with that. So I think they can have a guy that can step in and fill the shoes enough that Dwayne Haskins can really showcase his talents. And, you know, put the world on notice and, you know, make himself a name. Well, and in doing that, he's probably going to get himself, you know, uh, pretty high up on the draft board this upcoming year, which brings me to where I want to go next. And that's the always fun, ever elusive NFL futures. You got some of those that you're excited about? I do. Um, a couple futures on over-unders. Um, strictly overs this time around. Uh, we can hit unders later on okay. uh, before the season starts. For sure. But I – I'm a big fan of the Packers over 10 at a plus 110. Um, the biggest thing, yes, the Packers defense is questionable. Agreed. But if you're going to tell me that Aaron Rodgers is going to play all 16 games, Oof. there is no way that they lose seven. Right. No way. They no. brought in Jimmy Graham. That's true. I forgot about that. Yeah, they did bring The emergence of Devontae Adams, the emergence of Geronimo Allison. Aaron Jones is a hell of a running back once he comes back from his suspension. um, You know, Randall Cobb, yeah, they lost Jordy Nelson, but Jordy Nelson's early 30s. 
he's at the end of his career coming off, you know, a major knee surgery two years ago. I, I, like I said, Aaron Rodgers stays healthy. I think Packers over 10 at a plus 110 is a good money bet. Um, 10 and 6, you push. 11 and 5, it's a win. I don't see a 9 and 7 season happening with a healthy Aaron Rodgers. Now, let me ask you this, and this is off topic, and I, I know you and I have mentioned it before, but I just want to bring it up again because I, I was watching footage of Jordy catching balls earlier today. I can't help but feel he got a raw deal last year with Air, with with Rodgers getting hurt and then him just having absolutely nobody that was generally capable of throwing him the ball and his numbers just being abysmal. Um, oh, absolutely. And, and then they, just, uh... they shipped him off. I really feel like Jordy Nelson is one of those – you know, wide receivers that all he needs is just somebody to love on him. He just needs that reassurance that, Hey man, I'm going to get some balls to you. And if you do that, the guy can be productive. And I just, I was a little salty last year or, or in the off season when I saw, you know, th- they let him go. And that just, that still has rubbed me the wrong way. I'm not even a big, you know, I'm not a staunch Packers supporter or anything like that, but I do like Jordy Nelson. And I feel like he got the raw end of a deal there. I, I I agree. Uh, I still think Jordy Nelson's got the talent. Um, he had the dumpster fire of Brett Hundley throwing him the ball. The guy was trash at UCLA, and he's still trash. Right. Um, but the emergence of Devontae Adams, still under contract that the Packers have control of for two more years, I think it's a, it was more of a business decision, like why would we pay Jordy when we can keep Devontae Adams and he can step into those shoes. Right. That makes sense. Who else? I, I, Go ahead. I just, I, I still think Jordy, I, I think Jordy will put up numbers this year. There's no doubt about it. Just, they like Devontae Adams. They, you know, they like the, their young guns and Geronimo Allison. Um, let's, I mean, let's be real. There's two quarterbacks in the NFL that can make every wide receiver good. And that's Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, and they've done it throughout their careers. So, you know, I, I think the Packers see that that regardless of what name's on the back of the jersey, Aaron Rodgers is going to hit them in stride and they're going to score some touchdowns. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And it's one of those things, too, where if you're playing at that professional level, everybody has at least a certain level of skill. So all you really need is a guy to put the ball where that, where, where that guy can make the most of it. And Aaron Rodgers, if no one else, is capable of putting a ball into play when no one else can get it other than the receiver that, that it's intended to. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Absolutely. So. Who else do you like? Uh, you said overs, so let's let's breeze through a couple more overs real quick. Who else do you like? Uh, I like the Falcons' offense to have a ba- or a bounce back season this year. Uh, I'm seeing them at over nine at a minus one twenty. Well, that seems like easy um, money. So, yeah, so to lose that bet, you've got the Falcons going five hundred or under. I don't see that happening. I get they're in a tough division. They've got to play Carolina twice. Uh, they got to play the Saints twice, but they get to play the Buccaneers twice. So there's a positive. That, <laughs> that's that's true. two wins. Right. Um, I get, you know, they lost um, Shanahan and they brought in Steve Sarkeesian. Give him a season with the team. Let him get used to and let him realize, you know, you've got weapons. You've got Matty Ice. You've right. got Julio. That's true. You've got a great running back duo in Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. You've got Jacob Tammy. He's a serviceable tight end who can block and catch the ball. And you've got weapons on defense. Right. I mean, you've got the, one of the most exciting defensive players in your middle linebacker in Deion Jones. The guy's unbelievable. So, I don't see how they don't win at least nine games this year. I don't. 
Yeah, I mean, I, especially in that division, I mean, you know, like you said, it is tough, but th- th- they have the tools necessary to be successful. Who else you like in it as, as for an over? Um, the Giants at uh, over seven minus really? twenty. I do. Okay. Um, I like Odell. I I don't think there's a player in the NFL who's more talented than Odell Beckham Jr. Ooh. He is the best wide receiver when on the field. And I know, you know, like you said, we're from Pittsburgh. Yenzu Nation. <laughs> Antonio Brown's a great football player. Don't get me wrong. But Odell Beckham Jr. is the biggest game changer in the NFL today. As and long as there's not a field goal net in front of him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just <laughs> avoid the kicking nets and he'll be fine. Right. right. But the guy, the guy's the biggest. And there's nobody that affects every single play the way that Odell does. Um, being from Pittsburgh, you know, we got to watch Saquon Barkley at Penn State. That guy is an absolute brick house. He is. He is. I haven't been so high on a rookie running back coming into the NFL like I am on Saquon since Adrian Peterson coming out of Oklahoma. The man's right. No. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. With the hype on Barkley, do you think he's going to be met with a degree of reverence? Like this guy should have been here. He's one of us right from the very beginning. Or do you think the hype on him puts a target on his back? As far as his own team or the opposing teams? Okay. Opposing teams. Opposing teams. So, like, to, to, to elaborate further, when Johnny yes. Football came in, everybody wanted to kill yes. Johnny Manziel. That was, like, he came in with the biggest target. There wasn't a play or a down that he was a part of where somebody wasn't trying to take his life and take his career away from him. It, he wasn't met with a degree of reverence. Now, on the same token, you get a guy like Clowney. Clowney comes in, and everybody treated Clowney from the very beginning as like, oh, you should have been here yes. all along, my yeah. man. There's... Welcome. So my question to you is, do you think Barkley gets met with that, like, welcome to the club, you should have been here, we're glad to have you, or do you think everybody's coming in going, look at this guy, he was on ESPN, the bodies, you know, issue, he's, he's putting Instagram videos of him walking up hills with very, you know, uh, the weight of a car on his back and stuff like that. Are they going to say, you know what? I'm about to knock this dude back down. What do you think? How do you so think? So the first thing that came to mind when you mentioned Johnny football, and then you mentioned Jadavion Clowney. One was a 23 year old man who looked like a 12 year old in Johnny football. And the other one at 12 years old, looked like he was 23 years old in Jadavion Clowney. So fair play. Yeah. Okay. When when you look at a guy like Saquon Barkley, he looks like he right. belongs in the NFL. He's got the stature. He's you know he, his legs are legit tree trunks. He's oh, league absolutely. ready. He was league ready yeah. last year. He's league ready. I agree. So if guys want to take him out, you know, if if guys want to lay the wood on him, that means you're stacking the box. That means there's one less safety out there in coverage to stop Odell Beckham, to stop Evan Ingram, to stop Sterling Shepard. But do you have somebody that can get them the ball? That's the question then. As people will learn as this podcast goes on, I've already mentioned mentioned him once. I'm a New England <laughs> fan. That's true. Eli Manning can get receivers the ball, and I still think he can do it. 
Okay. All right. Fair enough. And that's, that's fine. I mean, I respect that. I respect that. And I, I think you're right. I think, I think that Saquon was league ready. I think the, the league recognizes him as one of their own already. And I think that people are going to come out and they're going to treat him with the respect that he deserves, because if you don't, they're going to make you pay. And I think Eli, Eli's got a little bit left yeah, in the gas I, tank. I think the seven so, wins, I, I think that, um, I know it's a tough division. You've got the Cowboys, you've got the Eagles. You've got the Redskins with Alex Smith. You know, it's probably the best division in football. But I still believe it's definitely the most competitive. It's it's definitely gonna be the uh, most yes, competitive. I still sure. believe that they've got the guys on defense and Janoris Jenkins and Landon Collins to make plays to get Eli, Saquon, and Odell in position to score some touchdowns and win some games. Right. Yep. I, I think I think you're absolutely right. I like I over seven seems, you know, seem I'm not going to say that that seems like as solid as, say, the Packers over 10, but Giants over 7 definitely seems doable, and it seems relatively safe. Um, So real quick, you know, because we we do want to try to keep this brief enough that people can, you know, actually get to a book and get, you know, get some slips in and and make it work, even though we are talking futures. Um, What's some fun stuff that you're thinking? Like, you, you know, who do you think is going to lead lead the league in passing this year? Like, what are you thinking on that? Um, so you might think I'm crazy because the guy's not guaranteed to start week one. But I'm liking Andrew Luck at forty to one. Whew. I mean, <laughs> that's you, a, you ask I for mean, something fun. You're, you're you not wrong. For, you know, you know something where you can get paid. Andrew Luck at forty yep. to one. You know, he took the whole year off. If he's not healthy, he's never going to be healthy. That's true. He's got the te- Have you seen the training camp videos? He, I mean, he is he is slinging yeah. the ball quite a bit. It is better. Um, I mean, he looks. I guess the the question is going to come is once he gets out there and gets cracked. Exactly. For the first time, time he gets hit on know, that shoulder, how does he react? Right. That's going to be the big. That's the big question mark. I think. Um, but you know, watching as much insight as you can glean from you know training camp Instagram videos and stuff like that. I, you know, Andrew Luck does appear from what I've seen. He's definitely accurate still. I mean, I've seen him throwing some 30 yard balls, some, you know, some that looked upwards of 40 yards and he does appear to be pretty accurate. He's hitting guys in stride. I think that, you know, he's probably got a good chance of coming back and returning to form or at least, you know, maybe 90% to form. And if he does that, there's a good, I mean, 40 to one, you're absolutely right. He could definitely make some noise, and that will be a fun one if you invest in it to keep track of. That's gonna that's gonna be one oh, yeah. you're definitely gonna want to watch. So, uh, but you know, I'm a I'm a traditionalist. I like the ground game. Who do you like to lead the league in rushing this year? I think there's two guys that you can possibly make a play on. Um, neither one being Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> I'm so, right, right. Well, you're going to make every Steelers fan I mad know, by saying right. that. I, I already, just want you to I know, know ahead of time. Be ready AB for the is hate. not the best receiver. I'm not going with Le'Veon Bell. It is what it is. Ezekiel Elliott. Okay. Is he going to bounce yeah, back this I mean, year? His, this, I, I get it? his suspension, but he's got something to prove. The guy runs okay. 120% every single play. Um, he's one of the hardest guys in the NFL to tackle. He breaks tackles left and right. The Cowboys' offensive line is unbelievable. Uh, It has been for the past three years. And I think Dak Prescott has a bounce-back season, which in return helps Ezekiel Elliott 
to say, you know, to run the ball. And the other guy I'm, uh, I'm looking at is Todd Gurley. Um, the Rams went all in this year. They went out and got Brandon Cook. Right. You know, th- they stacked the defense. I can see a lot. You're going to see a lot of Todd Gurley in the third and fourth quarter because the Rams are going to have leads that they're trying to protect. And why not pound your workhorse? Um, the, he's another man child. The guy's just, he's just a big, big, big running back who's got a lot of speed to him. Well, they got Gurley at plus 600 to lead the league. And I feel like that's probably, um, you know, a good opportunity there to, to make a little coin. Um, you know, plus 600 for a guy like Gurley who's at, as athletic and is dynamic, and he has the ability, and anybody that had him on their fantasy team last year can attest to this, he has the ability to just completely change the entire, not even the dynamic of a game, but, I mean, he can put the entire league on notice week to week. I mean, he can just explode for numbers that are just, you know, video game-like. I mean, it's really wild. um, He did it at Georgia. You know, he did it his first year in the league. Uh, I I think he missed the first three or four games coming off that torn ACL. Um, but as soon as, he, as soon as his feet hit NFL turf, you knew that he was ready and he belonged in the NFL and he put the league on notice. He definitely a special, you player. know, his second year, a little bit of a down year. If you consider 1100 yards and nine touchdowns down, I, for right. a guy of his caliber, I guess that's a down year, but he instantly bounced back in his third year. Prove to the league, you know, I'm here to stay. I'm the man. And I could see it again this year. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I definitely I, – I, I think that it's a two-horse race between Zeke and Gurley. I think you're absolutely right at that. Just, you know, to, to throw the advocate number out there, they got Zeke at plus 285, so that's definitely where the books are trending. They think Zeke is probably going to take that. Um, you know, it, the order goes Zeke. Bell and Gurley, I'm with you. I think that Bell, for some reason, you know, I don't know if it's a contract year or what, this seems like it's in the air and you hate to do it to a guy. You hate to talk about another man's job. It feels like one of those things where it seems like it might be an injury year for Bell. I hate to say it. I, I wish I could. I'm going to take those words right back, but it feels like it. I just Zeke or Gurley. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, about that. Bell's, Bell's days in Pittsburgh are done. They're numbered. Um, I think Pittsburgh runs him into the ground this year to get every yard they can out of him. And for a guy who's just got bad knees, that, that just screams an ACL. Right. Yeah. I definitely think it's going to be that, or like a, some sort of like nagging ankle injury, something like that. One of those real high ankle sprains that, you know, they just can't seem to shake. So real quick, last one, who do you like to lead the league in passing touchdowns this year? I know you're a Brady guy. I know you're a Brady guy, but who do you like to lead the league in passing touchdowns? Um, you know what? I'll give you I'll give you one pick, and then I'll give you one that I think is worth a stab. Um, okay, go for it. I'm going to go with my Packers over ten, and I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers. You know he's okay. not going to lead the league in passing yards. He the the guy goes out and he throws you know fifteen for nineteen for two hundred and thirty yards. But out of those 15 completions, you're looking at four touchdowns. Right. The guy I like is a stab. Now, I'm not sure his odds, but I'm sure they're down there. I like Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. He's got the run game. They've got Ooh. the defense. And he's got Adam Thielen. He's got Stephon Diggs. And he's got Kyle Rudolph. 
he's absolutely got the weapons to go out and have a 35-plus touchdown season. Oh, Stephon Diggs, that's a Terp. Terps for life. You know, I'm not going to argue that at all. Anything that involves anybody from Maryland automatically gets my vote. And by proxy, Kirk Cousins seems like a great pick. Just so you know, odds on the ladder coming in at plus 2,800. I, I agree. that That's a stab. And I like that. You know, Thielen, Diggs, it's, the culture in Minnesota has definitely taken a, a shift in a positive direction the last couple years. And I think that getting Kirk in there is going to make all the difference. I think plus 2,800, that especially before that line can move, if you've got some units that you're willing to, to play around with, I think that you're right on the money with that. I, I like Kirk Cousins a lot, actually. Um, I'm actually surprised he's coming in at those numbers. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's it's a really good chance to make a good chunk of change. If you want to go out and, you know, you throw whatever unit you bet, 10, 50, 100, $1,000, whatever your unit is, whatever, whatever you like to play. If you throw one unit on Kirk Cousins, you know, in week 15, you could be sitting there and you could be watching every Minnesota game, even if you live in, in Jacksonville, Florida, because you've got a chance to make some good money. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, we touched on the first episode and it's in it's going to be in the show notes this time. One of the goals that we have here at the Fistful of Cast podcast is to try and make the games more immersive for those watching. We want you to have some skin in the game. We want you to watch it and enjoy it at a higher level than just saying, I hope X team wins. We want individuals to be able to come in and sit down and take a deeper dive into the inner workings of a game or the inner workings of a fight and say, you know, this, this is why I'm here. This is what I like. Let's, let's pump up the adrenaline here. And, you know, these future bets are fun. And, you know, especially the ones where you, you, you're keeping track of yardage, you're keeping track of touchdowns, you're keeping track of individual player stats. That makes your overall involvement as a fan and in the league a lot more immersive and it really helps dive into a, a deeper sense of fandom that I think that, uh, you know, especially a league like the, the uh, NFL is going to need with the new rules changes, you're going to have to find ways to bring people in and have them invest more in the game with the rule changes. And I think the legalization of sports betting nationwide uh, is a real big opportunity. Absolutely. You you're always going to have the skeptics that, um, that say that, you know, legalized sports gambling is going to ruin the integrity of the game. Well, as far as offshore accounts go, last year they projected almost $420 billion bet offshore. Money's been flowing around nonstop. Ooh. Legalizing, that's just going to bring more attention from the average Joe to the game. It's going to bump the fan base up. It's going to improve the game in general. I think you're right there. And I definitely think that, that you know, an opportunity that, that somebody has to get quality information, which is what we're hoping to provide here, will help that fan base grow. It will help stimulate, you know, the economy. I guess you could say, you know, we're doing America a solid here by helping, you know, helping boost the economy. So, you know, thank you for your service. Thank you for, you know, <laughs> <laughs> contributing to the overall boosting uh, of the American economy. I mean, you're, you're really you're really doing Uncle Sam proud here. And I appreciate you know, the, the insight that you have, um, you know, and just to touch base again with everybody, you know, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. You know, the, the two of us are going to be here. We're going to be here twice a week. You got myself and soup. We're going to be here twice a week. You got the Friday show and you got the Tuesday touchback. 
I look forward to Tuesday's show. We're going to go over the, the, the PGA Championship and see, you know, how that shook out and then maybe go over a couple more uh, football futures and then maybe, just maybe, get a little bit weird and start talking about NBA. I don't oh, know. Yeah. What do you I'm think? in. I'm, I'm ready. Sports season is uh, fully upon us. You know, we're, we're in NFL preseason. We've got college football coming up. Uh, NHL's right around the corner. NBA's right around the corner. It's uh, We're in full swing. It's official. It is official. It is official. You know, my my browser history is just wild right now because I'm constantly switching back between different betting websites, looking at all the lines and stuff, checking futures and everything else. Uh, I'm chomping at the bit here. I can't wait to get after it. So uh, I look forward to, you know, taking this, putting some slips in and definitely get some of these futures going. I like what you brought to the table today. So I just want to take this time and say thanks to everybody that listens. Thanks for everybody that subscribes. You know, we're not going to do this forever, but I do want to, you know, do that new podcast beg thing where I ask you to get on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast, like, subscribe, leave a review, leave some criticism. It lets us know what we're getting right and what we're getting wrong. We are some thick skinned people. You're not going to hurt anybody's feelings. Also got an email set up. It's going to be in the show notes. If you don't feel like publicly uh, expressing your displeasure or pleasure, by all means, hit us up on there too. And I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, You have a lot of options when it comes to this podcast game and where to get your picks. And we're very happy and very pleased and thankful that you're here at the Fistful Podcast. Yeah, it was a pleasure being with you guys. I'm glad I got to make it this week. And I look forward to talking to you guys, you know, twice a week for the rest of the year. Um, Let's line everybody's pockets and uh, let's get a couple Fistful of cash. All right. Sounds good, man. Hey, we'll talk soon, everybody. Thanks. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.